and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. Uh, my name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I am joined, as mostly ever, by my lovely co-host. Sam Ashurst. I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm a podcast man, and I'm here to talk about my choice for this week. It's Flatliners. Dan, how do you feel about Flatliners? Because I imagine you fucking hate it. <sighs> I, I wouldn't say I hate it. Oh, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't say I like it. Oh wow! Oh god! <laughs> the worst of all the responses: indifference. When did yeah, you first I watch mean, it? Look, what are your memories? I I first watched it. I don't know if I saw it before this. I feel like I did. I think I watched it when it was first out for rental on VHS because I remember being very... It was a pan and scan copy Mm -hmm. and I remember... But because it was pan and scan and they wanted to present the whole movie in full screen as was the way back in the day with the old CRT TVs. So they'd pan and scanned the bulk of the movie but the credits didn't work in pan and scan because the text was too wide for a 4-3 ratio Mm -hmm. so they're just stretched everything vertically so all of the credit sequence everyone looked taller and thinner than they did in the rest of the movie and then it was very unfairly shitted upon visually the first time i watched it right and i i don't know if i've rewatched it i i think i have i definitely remember that i was watching it with someone who i was trying to make out with like I that I fancied, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't know if I was paying it its full attention, but rewatching it, it is so. First off, this we watched the. I assume you got the 4K as well. The 4 this 4K oh, remaster yeah. is gorgeous. Like they've Stunning. done an amazing job. It's a very yeah. good looking film. If you already like the movie, there's more here to love. If you've not seen it, I don't want to shit on it. Like I, I think there's you know within certain parameters, this is an acceptable cheesy 80s film. Feels way too fucking religious for me. Uh, I know it. It's too. <laughs> it's too clean. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't <laughs> feel like the the fuckers get their comeuppance properly. <laughs> like there's a lot I don't don't vibe with. But but I I like some of the weirdness. Yeah. Like I like the fact that for some reason these people go to a, to medical school in an abandoned cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like the marauding <laughs> gangs of rollerbladers or all the like sheets of glass being carried around. It's yeah. a weird like aesthetically it's a weird fucking film. It might have one of Kevin Bacon's best what the fuck just happened faces, which is like his absolute like that's his main thing. It's his moneymaker, yeah. This is moneymaker is the the sort of the double take but without the first take going straight That's to the, right. what the fuck happened snap to is so good yeah. he does it in tremors as well he's it's great in tremors I'd say this yeah. is as good as tremors from that standpoint just um, from that standpoint though let's uh, yeah let's not get it twisted yeah no I mean, it's no it's no <laughs> tremors yeah. uh, like look here's the thing it looks gorgeous the sound design is great the soundtrack yeah. is dog shit. <laughs> yeah pan pipe moods but yeah this was a, a video shop regular for me for whatever reason i was obsessed with flatliners possibly because i was a teenager when it came out and teenagers are obsessed with death possibly because they're going through their own death the death of childhood and childhood trauma is a massive part of flatliners my dad was a drug addict i had uh, uh later on i had a black step parent so had experienced racism by proxy. So there was a lot of rich stuff in there thematically for precocious teenage Sam. Not, I don't, um, watching it as an adult, 
uh, I'm not quite as impressed by the way it covers those things. But if, <laughs> it, <laughs> but if you add in the fact it was the director and star of The Lost Boys being reteamed, I was totally sold. I fucking love The Lost Boys. I always have. So that was cool too. But yeah, like I say, revisiting it now, the stakes aren't quite as intense as I remembered and the science of it is utter, utter shit. What do they actually just, discover? Just bomb water. <laughs> what is Nothing. the... Yeah, they don't invent anything that they can send to the patent office. They just literally kill themselves and bring themselves back, which medical science could already I do at this point. It's, it's about... I think it's about them discovering that drugs cocktail that allows them to like only kill themselves a bit. Right. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure but, but that, like, then that can they be do done. it on their, But then half of them do it on their fucking own later. Like, it's, it's all <laughs> such guff. Yeah, super, super, <laughs> super dumb. But the, the performances for me still are uniformly great. I think Oliver Platt is particularly charismatic. Under, like, um, yeah, like the best actors in this film do yeah. not get their dues. Like, yeah. Platt's great. Platt's great. I want and, more Platt. Want more Platt? I watched Digstown recently, and he's great in that too. I don't know if you've seen that, the James Woods Oliver Platt boxing con movie. Yeah, it's good fun. Not a recommendation for this, but just uh, something I watched recently. But yeah, and Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, she gets, I think, unfairly attacked. I I think she's fantastic in this, pure charisma in a relatively low-key role. Unfairly attacked in this, or just in... No, no, just in general. I think as her career's developed and she's become like a superstar, people do... There's a backlash against Roberts. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, totally. She's fantastic. And unlike you, Dan, I do love that these are all massively flawed characters, except for Roberts. It's so rare to get characters like this in modern movies. I'd almost forgotten what it's like to hang out with a bunch of dicks for an entire film. But the closest comparison I can make is Bodies, 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 where you're just forced to hang out with unlikable people Which for a I couple really of enjoyed. hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is fantastic. So, so good. But yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy revisiting it. It's way too long. And it could have done with a much darker ending. Here's my alternate ending, Dan. Then we'll hear your alternate ending. My alternate ending is I needed one of them to die and to haunt all of the others. Um, That's the way I would have ended the the movie with like a haunting montage. But it wasn't to be. How would you have ended the film? Uh, Fuck, I don't know. I mean, like probably with hindsight, I'll just turn it off. I okay so yes I think that they should have fucking died yeah uh, I'm I'm interested at how like super fucking laissez-faire they all are about Baldwin's sex crimes and how that's definitely seen as one of the least bad things well there you about. go there, there you go you kill Baldwin and you have him lurking kill them all, a... mate. well uh, I think Baldwin you know Baldwin needs to go like they the others without getting into too much of spoiler territory the others did terrible things but not necessarily their fault well their fault but definitely their fault in fact <laughs> they were horrible bullies and, and nasty <laughs> See, little I racists would, I, but they were children I'll tell you how I would have... they were children whereas yeah, baldwin's yeah, yeah, an yeah. adult he did it as an adult he did it as an yeah. adult yeah so I would, yeah, and, and as a result, he should be tried as an adult. And by tried as an adult, I mean he should have been fucking Nightmare on Elm Street 3'd off the side of a building. 
yeah uh, agreed agreed but yeah anyway no spoilers for the end of flatliners even though we just told you how but it doesn't end um but, but it's not it's not because it's not because they're bad people that i don't like it it's because oh. it allows them to be bad people without and it forgives yeah. Oh, them yeah 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 inaccurately like yeah. I, like on the last episode i i was raving about fucking tyrannosaur and there's mm. not a nice but or or uh you know or nil by mouth mm. those films don't have nice people in them I, and i don't even need people to get their comeuppance i just don't want the film to feel like it's siding with their bullshittery right yeah absolutely i i totally agree um but yeah let's talk a little bit about the extras there's some really great ones I love Visions of Light, the interview with director of photography Jean de Bont. I cheered when that credit came up in the opening credits of the movie. I'd totally forgotten he'd shot this. And um, yeah. the, the interview also it's features. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. And the interview also features chief lighting technician Edward Ayer, who's less famous but deserves his shout out. And you will know, Precious Arrowheads, you will know Jean de Bont as the director of Speed. But yeah, cinematographer on this and the interview with him and Aya has some beautiful stuff. Really beautiful. Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, yeah, it's solid. And Bont is, yeah, he's the Bont is, is great. Like, that's the saving grace of this film is how yeah. it looks. Like, pr- the production design is wildly illogical. It, you know what? It looks like it's set. The, the medical school is in the same asylum as 12 Monkeys. Oh yeah, but like maybe six months earlier before their funding was cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's yeah, that's a good double bill. Yeah, it's it's really it's a really good looking film. Mm-hmm. None of the design choices make any sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a very handsome movie, and I think De Bont is about eighty percent of that. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Though you know, Lost Boys looks good as well, but. Um, yeah, anyway, back to the extras. There's a decent commentary, though I always wish these critic commentaries could be paired with any kind of cast and crew stuff. If they couldn't get Schumacher, stick Debon in front of a mic. You know, you've got him for the interview. Yeah. Get him on the yak track. I'd love to hear what he had to say about this film. But, you know, that said, the commentary is interesting enough, and I am glad it's here. Did you have a chance to listen to the commentary, Dan? I didn't listen to the commentary, Sam. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. You've had a busy couple of months. Like you said, like if it was if it was one of the filmmakers, I probably would have found time. That sounds, sounds fucking terrible, especially given that we're the exactly the kind of chuckle fucks that get to make this kind of commentary occasionally. Well, well look, they haven't uh, asked us to do one in a long time, so uh, I'm I'm back to uh, criticising them until we get to do it again. Okay, then. yeah. <laughs> then, then we're all sweetness and light yeah. for people who had nothing to do with the film getting to do a commentary. <laughs> I think it's refreshing to have an outside perspective, Sam. Oh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Especially on some of the upcoming titles in uh, Arrow's uh, collection. Yeah, definitely, I think. Like every disc on on Shaw Brothers Box Set 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I particularly like it when podcasters do uh, commentary. Actually, this this is veering dangerously close to self-promotion here. And I've made a solemn oath to never self-promote myself on, uh, on my podcast again. So forget everything i just said i hate critics commentaries and uh, i love the arrow video podcast 
any standout extras for you, Dan? No, I mean, it's DeBont. It, like, you know, it, it's good. Yeah. I, I was interested to hear um, Zanetti talk about the, the production design, but I, mm-hmm. I, I and it's certainly insight, but I don't think he really went into quite why the fuck they made the choices they made <laughs> in yeah. a way that was satisfying to me. Uh, but it's still certainly interesting. I think that covers pretty much everything we want to talk about, about the film and the extras. So let's move on to recommendations based on the film, unless you've got any final thoughts, Dan. No, 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 we're all good. I'm out. Oh, I've got one more thing and I refuse to discuss this any further. I also don't like Lost Boys very much. Right, okay. So you don't like... Let, <laughs> let me get this list in, in check. So you don't like Star Wars. You don't like... I don't... You don't like... I don't get Star Wars. You don't like The Lost Boys and you don't yeah. like God and you also don't like Christmas, which is probably related to the fact that you don't like God. Is that is that everything covered? No, no, no. Christmas is my family. On that shocking note, I can't believe... How can you not like The Lost Boys? I can understand you not liking, you know, God, but Lost Boys is so much better than God. <laughs> better than Jesus. I like some of the makeup effects in Lost Boys. Uh-huh. Uh... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Some of the cinematography is quite nice, although I really fucking hate that push into the cliff face where it's all reversed. That always annoyed me as a child. You are exactly the sort of child that would be annoyed by a reverse push in onto a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) I still am. I'm still that child. (laughs) At the age of 43, I'm still that fucking child. Yeah, I just it never vibed with me. I don't know what it was. Like I I think so many of these films rely on nostalgia. Uh Uh-huh. Like they were like like even the ones that are good, we love them more because of the circumstance in which we saw them. Like that's all of this stuff. All all cult cinema has that yeah. to some extent. Like yeah. you know when a film comes out and it's absolutely huge on the fucking festival circuit, and then you and I watch it on our own in a like a quiet room three months later because we weren't there at the festival and we're like, mm-hmm. well, we'll see what the fucking fuss was about. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 but that's because it's not the eighth film you've seen that day and you haven't had nine like shit beers in a right. room with 700 other people who are whooping at this movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's why you didn't get it. And I, yeah, I, I, what, for whatever reason, I didn't like this when I first saw it. And by this, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't like vampires very much. Like, I love some vampire films, but it's not a go-to for me. Yeah, that's like fair. I love. Like I think we talked about this on. No, not we, not us. <laughs> Mike Munster and I talked about this with Martin. Like I don't, I don't. I'm not a go-to vampire guy. Like I like the ones that subvert it. I like the Euro stuff. I like the weird dark Americana stuff. But I'm not a big like. Hey, vampires are fun. Yeah, fair enough. And again, it's another one I saw as a teenager. And again, I think it probably is tied to that teenage angst of, you know, death and rebirth and all the rest of it. And yeah, staying young forever and wanting to hold on to your youth forever. That's something that like, whether consciously or not, I think a lot of teenagers go through. Hence the the vampire phase that most of us go through. But um, you were deep, deep embedded in your... Um, I hate reverse shots of cliffs phase of your youth, which. Uh, <laughs> well, like, but did you did you feel like you wanted your youth to go on forever? I felt very like unseen 
as a teen, as a child. I wasn't going to the kind of party that I wanted to last forever. See, I had a feeling that however shit my teenage years were, my adult years were probably going to be fucking worse. So um, I wanted to stay young, but have the the knowledge and the experience of an adult. You know, I didn't want to compromise um, like health for knowledge. And I think that's one of the, yeah, the best things yeah. about being a vampire is that you don't have to make that trade. But yeah, I love it. Interesting sidebar. Thank you, Dan. You said we weren't going to discuss it and then we discussed it um, because I just me. couldn't let that lie. <laughs> you tricked me by entertaining lie. my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's move on to the safe zone of recommendations. Um, after that Lost Boys rant, I will go first with Altered States which is Ken Russell and Paddy Chayefsky. What a team combining to shove William Hurt into a flotation tank so he can experience a psychedelic trip through hell and time, mostly time. Another medical school drama with supernatural vibes. Altered States is a lot weirder than Flatliners and therefore better. It's got an unforgettable third act and I recommend it. It's like a science fiction masterworks book brought to the big screen dan are you an altered states man or should we should we add states. it to the list you love altered no, states no altered states is fucking great yeah it's beautiful yeah. uh altered states is great for a, a, a multitude of reasons it's uh it's in the top percent of ken russell pictures yeah uh so automatically uh gets a pass that's fantastic mm-hmm. um it, it's got amazing makeup effects by dick smith so that's fantastic and I strongly recommend anyone who enjoys the aesthetics of that film go and do a little bit of digging into the making of Dick Smith if for those of you who don't know his name curse you uh, for those <laughs> of you who don't know his name uh, often referred to as the godfather of makeup effects he was sort of the this pioneer at the beginning of the um, the turn of modern makeup effects uh, and was a, mm. a, a sort of a guardian for like Rick Baker and Stan Winston and these guys like a lot of them learned from him he was the one of the first person to do like multiple piece makeup appliances for old age for Dustin Hoffman and Little Big Man uh like he created some incredible stuff all through his career uh he was one of the first people to put together a sort of a learning space for young makeup artists who wanted to get into the industry mm-hmm. um and Altered States has some really fun experimental like crazy stuff in it that was from him Mm. um but then the other thing is that altered states is you know obviously with some pretty fucking massive caveats based on a true story um Mm -hmm. it's 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 based on the life of a real man who took a lot of psychedelics and got into sensory deprivation chambers to see if he could like what subconscious things he could scrape out of himself using psychedelics um i've forgotten his name i was hoping it would come back to me while i was ranting there but it's 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 not it's not come back but um uh george c scott's character in day of the dolphin is based on the same man yeah god now he that's also a double gave lsd to dolphins yeah <laughs> as well because he, he's you know sharing is caring give them to our wet mammalian cousins Amazing. And yeah, the the guy's name is John C. Lilly. Thank you. Yes, John Lilly. Yeah. 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 He, he's a he's a fascinating guy. Read about the controversy of his wet dolphin hotel. It's it's a wild ride. In fact, there's a yeah. there's an episode of The Dollop about his dolphin research. A dolphin language. He was giving acid to dolphins to see if he could teach them English. 
that is what he was doing. He thought we could communicate with dolphins. He's he's right at the cutting edge of dolphins are the most intelligent mammal after humans. Like that's his biz, uh, and he built this like half flooded, like dockside apartment complex with no floor that, that where humans and dolphins could cohabit and then he'd feed adolescent dolphins lsd to try and get them to talk english it's amazing <laughs> yeah and i think we've talked about day of the dolphin on the podcast before and um we have yeah yeah, talk, yeah talked about lily nice all right well uh what's first from you dan it's Martyrs from 2008. Jesus Christ, man. If you, if you want a film where bad people get their comeuppance and people are twatting around with the edges of living existence... Watch The Lost uh, Boys and, and you, by Joel Schumacher. And if you can and if you can handle it not having any like ankle-length leather trench coats in it, then Martyrs. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> I will also say that Martyrs... I feel Martyrs is a little overrated. I don't think the second act is necessary in Martyrs. I think you could go from one, and then the second act could be one scene, and then and then act three, and it could be an hour long. But... I really thought we were in a safe zone for these recommendations, Dan. I disagree. I think every second of Martyrs is essential to its power. But I please, don't, I don't want a film to... I don't want a film to make me bored rather than offended with a woman being punched in the face. Uh, It's it's mean-spirited in a way that that became tiresome, and I don't know how they managed that, and I don't think it's what they were going for. The the opening scene of Martyrs, I call it Big Bad Wolf Syndrome, where a film has such an amazing first act that it's going to be incredibly hard for the rest of the film to live up to it in my experience big bad wolf was so wolves was so fucking good the first act and then it became torture apologism for the rest of it martyrs that first act felt like top tier henneke like i was so in for that first like it felt like Mike and henneke had collaborated to make a movie and i fucking loved it and then that second act delivered zero plot zero development nothing it was just the same and i understand that it wanted to grind us down it wanted to make mm-hmm. us feel like useless and mm-hmm. but it went past that and i was i was just looking at my watch i mean i don't wear a watch but i went out and i bought a watch and i came back and it was still going on. <laughs> yeah yeah and fair I enough my watch and it was still going on the i'd say fair enough like i that, disagree the, but yeah sorry dan yeah no, no, of say- course all this stuff's subjective i'm not telling yeah. you you're wrong i'm just telling you my experience yeah like that 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 ending the phone call all that stuff oh mwah, beautiful i just yeah i just wish the middle act was was trimmed a bit but i do think it is a wildly superior film to flatliners and those of you out there who have been avoiding it because it's too horrible just buckle up and get in get on board just watch it because it is still a very good film it's it it's it, to some extent it's what we were talking about with the nostalgia thing and watching films at festivals i saw martyrs after it did its festival run and everyone was talking about how like extreme and insane and blah 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 it was but actually it felt like kind of like that second act is extreme in the same way as uh, what are they called that american franchise of, of like super indie very nasty horror films red sin tower is one it's oh it's murder set pieces those those guys I'm, i can't remember the name of the filmmaker yeah he did i think the first like proper narrative one was called red sin tower but the he did a couple of these these pictures called uh, murder set pieces and they're very very good reproductions of films that feel like snuff movies like there's no plot 
you just, it's just a camera in a corner of a room and someone being led in and then being brutalized and killed and they're fucking horrible and they have no narrative to them and what's really important from my standpoint is that there's no special effects there's just someone being like brutalized on camera and it's fucking horrible and i don't enjoy them and the second act of martyrs kind of felt like that there was no showmanship to it or narrative it wasn't serving the plot in a way that felt different to what half of that would have done it made its point and then it didn't do anything else with it but the but the film as a whole i think is is a very solid picture and i think i was probably responding to like being grumpy about how like how revolutionary i was told it was by literally everyone before i saw it mm, well yeah i didn't see it at, uh, at fright fest or on the festival circuit or anything and I saw it quite a way after the hype and it had it had uh power over me it had a real real impact on me i i found it extremely difficult and disturbing and you know i kind of live for those kind of film experiences so yeah, yeah i yeah, yeah. i also recommend martyrs um, off the back of flatliners um <laughs> but i am gonna also recommend sorry my next one's lighter Oh, good, yeah. But is it as light as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, directed by Kenneth Branagh? Branagh. Altered State started life as an adaptation of Jekyll and Hyde. Apparently, Russell and Chayefsky discussed doing a version of Frankenstein first, and then they moved on to a version of Jekyll and Hyde, and then Altered States was born. But I'm not pairing this with Altered States. I'm pairing it with Flatliners. And there's something of Branagh's operatic goth melodrama to flatliners in both the production design you know all taking place in these weird big rooms and uh, some of the performances you could probably swap out 90s branner for Kiefer sutherland and barely anyone would notice obviously we've covered mary shelley's frankenstein on the podcast in the past so i won't waste time banging on about it you know my feelings and if you don't listen to that episode it's a, a solid one um but yeah mary shelley's frankenstein I recommend it. Dan, what's final from you? Is it Martyrs 2? Is there a Martyrs 2? Not yet, but... I'm going to play this this game that I like to play occasionally that you hate because it's wildly unfair <laughs> where I'm going to slowly describe a film with not the title and you have to guess what it is. It's from 1991 and it's directed by Tom McLaughlin. Do you know mm-hmm. what it is? Uh, Tom no. McLaughlin directed Friday the 13th Part 4. No, you, you can keep going. It's based on a short story by Stephen King. Oh, okay. Uh, no, st- still not there. It's, it's one of the most 50s feeling Stephen King adaptations there is. Oh, of course. Sometimes they come it's back. Sometimes they come back. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes they come back as a TV movie directed by Tom McLaughlin uh, in 1991. I watched it on a video store rental and was pleasantly surprised. It was around the time that I was sort of consuming everything that had Stephen King's name on it. And as anyone who has gone down that path knows that is a mixed bag um (laughs) but sometimes they come back while a little cheap and quite a little cheesy is surprisingly fun it's got all the stuff that you liked from the 50s flashbacks in like god i don't even know if they're in the films uh but all that stuff like in christine and it and like his all his like like sort of rockabilly edge that king has creeping into all his stuff is really front and center and sometimes they come back it very much like flatline as it plays around with the the space between life and death it's more of a traditional haunting than flatliners but i i think they're they're good cousins and it and it doesn't have the 
the preachiness that Flatliners has. Because, I, and I do think that that's one of the problems that I have with it, is that it feels like it has a moral... Uh, it feels like it thinks it has a moral high ground with some of the some of the stuff that it's some of the stuff that it's okaying with its characters, whereas sometimes they come back and knows that it's a bit silly. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's it's a dumb movie, but it's very fun. Awesome, excellent recommendation. And for backups, I also had Ghost on my list. I had Soul Survivor, the the I think it's Spanish movie, not the more recent Eliza Duskew movie and jacob's ladder as well uh, on my list of uh, just in case we both decided to do so altered states yeah amazing amazing movie all right well let's move on to the past couple of weeks i will start with phantom lady now phantom lady is a really fun 40s noir it's a richard sidmax first noir in fact and he directed the suspect he directed the killers and Phantom Lady stars Ella Rains as a secretary who turns into a total, total badass vigilante to save her boss from what appears to be a false murder conviction. There is a jazz drumming scene in the middle of this one that's one of the best Descent into Madness moments I think I've ever seen. You know how, like, in the 40s, they had to, like, do sex scenes as... uh, other things like a game of chess or something yeah this feels like an orgy <laughs> uh, via the medium of jazz drumming it's fucking amazing really love this one has early hitchcock vibes for sure and i recommend it phantom lady i watched it on the criterion channel in the states but hopefully it's available somewhere in the uk and if it isn't i'm sorry you know what can i do can't hold your hand take <laughs> you to the video shop just try and find it if you can it's great Dan, what's first from you? <laughs> I uh, I got a handful of partner label stuff from Vinegar Syndrome recently. Oh, uh, cool. Mostly focusing on the Deaf Crocodile titles. Uh, and I watched for the first time Zero Grad from 1988, uh, directed by, and I'm going to fucking butcher this, so I apologize, Karen Shaknazarov. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful like soviet era political satire it's got all the stuff that i love about uh cinema from that area of the world in that period of time it's about uh, a sort of uh, an every every man worker who is sent to this small town to discuss their air conditioning the air conditioning needs of the local government and while he's there he witnesses what he says is a suicide but he is told is a murder and then is later told that this man who he saw he, he's pretty certain he saw shoot himself was actually his father which he says is not the case and he gets trapped in this town due to a sort of bureaucratic nightmare all the while being sort of privy to more and more of this weird surrealist sort of soviet backstory to this this tiny little hamlet town it's absolutely fantastic it's really fucking weird it's yeah it's it's great like i can't believe i've not seen it before i love it awesome zero grad excellent lovely stuff haven't seen it so i will check that out and i've been watching some really cool horror shorts recently and i'm not just going to give you one because that would be lazy and you know that's not a full feature Uh, And instead, I'm going to give you three short films to watch. Three excellent, excellent short films. Some of the best short films I've seen in a long time. 
First up is the Devil's Harmony, which is like a mixture of Rage Ahead's Just Video and Killing of a Sacred Deer, which are already kind of weirdly wow. similar, actually. But it's directed by Dylan Holmes Williams, who's done some shorts, some episodes of Servant, and not much else. But he's a real, real talent to watch. It was really exciting watching these films. So I watched another one of his shorts right after The Devil's Harmony, and that's called Catching the Bus, which was even better just pitch pitch black comedy that would be at home as an episode of an after midnight version of inside number nine uh it really is just excellent the ending is perfection both of those shorts are available on his website i think one's like maybe 16 minutes long the other one's eight minutes long something like that i really urge you to watch both they're so so good and uh, another great one friday so not friday the day but Frying and Day, Friday, which takes place on the date of Ted Bundy's execution. And it follows a young woman as she makes money taking Polaroids during a celebration event centered around the execution. And that's all I'll say about that one, other than to point out it's directed by Laura Moss, who also made Birth, Rebirth, which released this year. And um, yeah, I just recommend all of these shorts so, so much. Very different. Uh, Friday is a lot darker and nastier than the other two, which are dark and nasty, but they have kind of a twinkle in their eye, whereas Friday is just straight up, uncomfortable, scary darkness, and uh, it's really, really great. So, yeah, three short films to watch. Dan, what's next from you? I'd just like to say I love that you're recommending short films, and I think that this should be a thing, like three shorts for a feature. That's a great uh, that's a great substitution. Nice, Because yeah. of all, oh, like, shorts are so easily overlooked, like, unless you catch yeah. them at a festival. Like, I remember back when the day, when I was a kid, Channel 4 used to do, like, three or four short films a night yeah. before a feature, or, like, they'd use them as space fillers to like get a short feature up to chapter length for uh, for yeah. advertising bro- blocks yeah, um yeah. but that's gone now you know without with, with streaming and stuff and no one, no one bothers with that anymore um there's some amazing shorts out there that, that people just don't see so yeah I, I i'm very pleased that you've recommended i've not seen any of them so i'll, I'll check those out Oh, yeah, you you especially will love them, Dan. I, I really, really feel you'll love them so much. And, yeah, I mean, I love short stories. And I actually think that some yeah. authors, some, you know, truly great authors should only have written short stories because that's their real strength. And, yeah, a short film is the equivalent of a short story. And uh, they can be just as strong in terms of how they're shot, how uh, the narrative's delivered and the performances you know all of these three i would put up against any of the feature lengths that i've recommended in the past so um yeah thanks dan i really appreciate that and i'm excited to hear what's next from you what have you got well so i i i had a couple of choices for this last slot and i know it's a film that we've discussed recently but again like with your thing with the short films i think that this is this is where i want to go because so i uh just a couple of nights ago i was lucky enough to go to the prince charles uh with jen uh, and we watched Marnau's uh, Nosferatu with a live score. Oh wow! Um, that was improvised as we watched the movie, and it was an absolute delight. And I think that this is the kind of thing that's really, like, this is the stuff that's really not replaceable with the home screen. You know, companies like Arrow uh, are, are making available to us stuff that we only dreamed of seeing when we were, mm. you know, teenagers and first getting into genre cinema. 
and and again like it's it's really exciting even now even with all of our physical media collections i think everyone listening understands the value of physical media as a way of preserving access to this stuff but even with all of that there's still this like this excitement this frisson about going to the the cinema and seeing something you love on the big screen they they you know they play trailers for a, a new strike of 2001 that they're going to be showing on 70 mil which is really exciting like all that stuff so fucking cool like it's really nice to see that in a room with people like that's it's mm. it's a lovely like social event but but when you add to it something like this the live score to to Nosferatu was just so beautiful um it it almost made it into a new film watching it like that it's it's the it's that it's a really lovely print um and it was one one guy quite young like I'd say sort of like mid late 20s uh playing violin drums and piano and for some scenes he was getting like up into the guts of the piano and playing the strings like a harp and it was oh it was just fantastic it was so good excellent yeah that sounds wonderful so yeah you um, you, you can't see that yeah because <laughs> it's happened and it's done now but but, but, who but knows? what i'm saying is that the concept of that like yeah. if you hear about a thing like that happening yeah. go those things are amazing go and celebrate your local independent cinema making bold choices and showing cool shit because those things are great like I saw, I think I, I, I don't think I mentioned it on our recent episode about Caligari. Maybe I did, but but I saw a, a version of Caligari at the Soho Theatre with uh, Martin Jacques from the Tiger Lilies doing a live score for that. He'd written basically a like a, a, a vocal score, a musical score for for Caligari, and that was fucking incredible as well. These like all these things are so nice to see, and they're so transitory. They're so like fleeting. So go and check those out if you can excellent excellent love it love it love it yeah i definitely agree with that and yeah let's go into extra features extra features extra features extra features and i'm so proud of myself it's another episode where i haven't done any self-promotion whatsoever didn't mention my garbage pail kids <laughs> screening didn't mention vhs quest <laughs> once I'm, I'm doing it. I'm getting there. Back on it, especially now we've got Blu-rays again. So let's just go into how people can follow us. Dan, what is your internet address? So my IP address... No, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at 13fingerfx. I, I don't know when this lands, this episode. Maybe I'm celebrating. Maybe I'm commiserating. But but yeah, I think this will this this episode goes out just after the awards in uh, in Ireland, so we'll see see how that plays out. But um, I'll be I'll be dropping loads of like making of stuff rec- uh, in the near future because I've got a couple of pictures coming out. So excellent, and you can find me at Sam Ashurst twenty three on Instagram, and that's it. Nothing else, nothing else to promote. There never has been, and there never will be. Dan, thank you so much for listening. And I promise to be more no, professional. I, I, I did listen. <laughs> but you're also part of it. So let's uh, say thank you so much for listening to the Arrowheads. <laughs> and we promise to be more professional next time when it will oh. be Naked Lunch, I think. We can... Naked Lunch next yeah, time, Yeah, let's Dan? do Naked Lunch. Do we... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm for Naked Lunch. That's good. Is that my choice? Yeah, that is. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> all right, another, thank you. Another bit of Naked Lunch. We're all good. Yeah. All right. And I'll I'll practice how to say um, Cronenberg in the meantime. It's Cronenberg, not Cronenberg, right? Cronenberg, not Cronenberg. I mean, that's news to me. I thought it was Cronenberg, but oh shit! That, that's I'll keep practicing, and, and some, uh, we'll see you next time. Calls. <laughs>
Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>